You guys are looking good this morning. Everybody doing okay? You're good. I wish I could see you through the camera. I'm sure you're looking good as well. And uh, my name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want to uh, welcome you once again. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. We're in the middle of a series, actually, um, week 3, called Unshakable. Everybody say, Unshakable. Unshakable. Uh, I think it's a good series for such a time as these. I don't know if, you, if you've been keeping up with the news, but things are a little bit crazy in our world today. And uh, the, 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 the theme of the series is thriving no matter what they throw at you. Sometimes life tends to throw things at us. And, uh, and sometimes it comes unexpected. Sometimes we're, you know, we don't know, like, you know, it's like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. And I would say that the coronavirus, for sure, is one of those things that, man, where did this, you know, I was telling our volunteers earlier um, that 2020 will be a year that we will remember. Like, our kids will, like, their kids will be learning about the year 2020. We're living, like, this is history, you know, and we're, we're dealing with just some crazy things. And so if you have your Bibles, turn to Daniel chapter 1. We're going to study verses 17, 18, 19, and 20. And uh, today, I want to talk about the mind, but I want to I tackle it from a little bit of a different um, angle, maybe a little bit of a different approach. Uh, a lot of times when I talk about the mind, um, I guess I don't want to get ahead of myself, but um, often it's... It is um, how to protect it and, and things of that nature. Today, I want, I want you to see something a little bit different from Daniel that I think all of us could learn. Um, you know, most of us, from the time that we're kids, from the time that you're, I don't know, four or five years, you know, you're a toddler, for the next 15, 20 years, for the next t- two decades, we spend most of the time in school, Right? Like most of us, you know, we, we, we end up in elementary school, middle school, high school. Some of us go on to like college and, 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 you know, and we spend year after year after year receiving some training, some form of education. And then if you're smart, if you're wise, you, that education will continue forever. Okay? God, a lot of times we think that when we study God's word, we think that. You know, like, like God only cares about the soul, and like the Bible only teaches about faith. But today, I want you to see that God really cares about your mind as well, developing your mind. And I want to talk for a few minutes about the importance of our minds. And, um, you know, the Bible says that we should love God with all of our minds. Did you, did you know that? And so God's word is not all about faith. It's not all about just um, the soul, the Bible teaches us to develop our minds. Now, Jesus was uh, in this sort of a debate, okay? So in the Gospel of Mark, uh, and this is no, you don't have to turn there, but the Gospel of Mark, um, he tells the story of Jesus debating some scholars, okay? These are, um, these are like some of the sharpest minds of their day, okay? And they're they're trying to trip him. They're, they're all trying to, like, these are the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. They're playing mind games. They're trying to get him to fall. Uh, they're trying to trap him. 
asking him questions about taxes and whether we should pay taxes or we shouldn't, whether, you know, they talk about something that like the resurrection of the dead and like man, people didn't even know what that was. And Jesus is like answering their, their questions like one after the next and they're blown away. Like they cannot believe that. Like he's holding his own, okay? And then one of the lawyers, a very sharp individual, he notices that he's, he's doing really well in this debate, and he comes up with the hardest question that he thought he could come up with. And so he says, okay, Jesus, I see you're a pretty, pretty sharp guy. You have a pretty sharp mind. He says, of all the commandments, and you got to get this, like there's hundreds of commandments. Most Jews did not understand all the commands, okay? There were a lot of rules, fake rules that uh, the religious leaders had put in place. And he says, he's trying to trip him. He says, of all the rules... Which one would you say is the most important one? And Jesus, without even thinking about it, begins to quote scripture. And he says, oh, listen, oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your, you know what? With all your mind. Now, as as pastors, as church, like a church, we always focus on the heart and, you know, loving God with all your soul, but we don't often talk about the mind. And I want to ask you a question this morning. How do you love God with all your mind? I know how to love God with my heart, right? Like I preach about that every week. How do you love God with all of your mind? Well, just a, a teaser, you know, just to kind of I'm not getting there, just it's kind of a long intro to our message. But you worship God, you love God with all your mind by using it, by protecting it, by developing it. By not, it's a gift that God's given you, like your brain. Like that's a gift that God gave you. And you can use it for his good or you can waste it. And some people choose to just kind of like, you know, forget it. You know, I'm not, you know, and they, they belittle knowledge. But look at what the Bible says as we get into the message. Proverbs 23, 12. You don't have to turn there. I'll put the verses on the screen. You make sure you go to Daniel. But listen to what God says. Commit yourself to what? Instruction. Listen carefully to the words of what? Knowledge. Now, knowledge was a big deal 50, 100 years ago before Google came into place. Now, it's so accessible. You can just Google anything and boom, you, got, you have knowledge immediately. And so in our culture today, it's almost like it's not really that big of a deal. Okay, but we know that God's word is eternal. Look at what Proverbs 10, 12, uh, 10 14 says. Wise people treasure what? Wise people treasure, what? Knowledge. But the babbling of a fool invites disaster. Okay, so 2,600 years. Let me kind of paint the picture. Daniel finds himself in this culture. He's in a totally secular culture, receiving a totally secular education. And here's what you need to understand about the Babylonian education system. They were designed, it was the educa their education system was designed to produce psychics and to produce fortune tellers. You say, why is that? Well, they were very superstitious type of people. But that's, he finds himself in this culture, like the king, for example. The king would surround himself 
with all kinds of magicians, the Bible says, with all kinds of astrologers. And Daniel and his three friends, they're put, you know, they've been taken captured. They're put in this, in this they, they, they were taken from Israel to Iraq, which is Babylon back then. And they're in this environment for three years. They're being brainwashed. And I want you to see how God prepared them, and I want you to see what happens to them, okay? So verse 17, that's where you are. It says this, then God, it says, gave these four young men an unusual aptitude for learning the literature and the science of that time. Who gave it to them? It was the Lord, okay? Now, you would think this is not really anything, this is not very spiritual, like, Pastor Alex, you're trying to encourage me to be a smart person. You're trying to encourage me to, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Sometimes the Bible, sometimes we over-spiritualize the Bible. Look, look at the verse one more time. God gave these guys an unusual aptitude for learning literature and science, the literature and science of the day. So if you, by any chance, if you're just coming in for the first time or you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, let me bring you up to speed. The whole book of Daniel, Daniel, what he's facing is a bunch of tests. Now, a test is made to, to it, it, God puts different tests in front of us to make us stronger. I think most of us know that, right? I give you the example of my son learning to drive, but before he actually passes the driving test, like he's got to have a little bit of, before he's able to drive, he's got to pass the driving test. And we kind of, that makes sense, right? First test, first week, is, it was a test of change. His world was totally, radically changed. Like he's never going to go back to see his parents. He's never going to go back to his homeland. He, they're giving him new traditions, new culture, a new name. That was week one. I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Last week, we talked about Daniel. His second test was a test of peer pressure. He was pressured to conform. And we talked a little bit about that as well. What do you do when you feel like you, you're supposed to, like they ask you to do the impossible and you, you're pressured to conform to what everybody else, and you know in your heart is the wrong thing? Well, we learn from Daniel what to do. So go back and listen to it. I think it was a great message. Both of those tests, they passed. Daniel and his friends, man, they passed with, they came out with flying collars. Today, new test. And it's this. Can you study in a pagan school, pagan culture, and keep and not lose your faith? That's the new test that they're, that they're going to face. And what you're going to see is that once again, after every test, if you pass, what God will do is he'll promote you. He'll give you more influence. He'll give you uh, a little bit more, like whatever, you like a little bit more, like the blessings come your way. But the reason why God will test you is because he wants to know if you, if you can... Face the pressure. So if God says, okay, I'm going to give you this, this a little bit of influence. I'm going to give you this responsibility. And you pass the test of integrity, the, the, the test of, of influence, the test of you name it. You know, God looks at that and he says, okay, I think you're ready. I think you can handle the pressure. I think you can handle the influence. I think you can handle the money. I'm going to give you a little bit more. Okay, so you be faithful in the little things. And what's God going to do? God's going to give you a little bit more. And so... Now, not everything going on in this culture was bad, okay? I mean, there was a lot of things that the Babylonians did that, like, um, that added value to, to that culture and to our, our world, to this earth. Um, they were the first to discover um, Jupiter. So no telescope. They were the ones that discovered uh, Jupiter. Um, you have, um, you know, like the 60 minutes on your watch? You know where that came from? It was the Babylonians, 
So they, I mean, it was kind of for the wrong reasons. They thought the number 60 was a magical number. Um, but the reason why your hours split up into 60 minutes is it, it, that came from the Babylonians. So not everything was necessarily bad. Like the, the, uh, in school, when you learn the 360 degrees in a circle, where did that come from? It was the Babylonians. They taught us that. That's they, they, again, the root of 60 thought it was a magical number. The wrong, wrong reasons. But there, some good things came out of this, okay? They actually, they were a massive, great students of the stars, okay? Not necessarily for the right reasons. It wasn't scientific reasons. It was more of a religious reason. So it wasn't astronomy, which is a legit science. It was more what we call astrology, a fake religion. So they would... They believed in many, many, many different gods. So they, what they would do is, if a planet, like if Jupiter was a certain color, they would think that the gods were telling him a certain message, okay? So if you had a red moon, then they thought that the gods were telling him something in particular. So again, you know, not everything was bad, but there was a lot of junk that Daniel and his three friends had to deal with. He had, they had to deal with all of these psychics, the fortune tellers, stargazers, and they were in a totally ungodly culture. And, and so I want you to see what happens, verses 18 through 20. Look at this. It says this, when the three-year training was completed, this is a, what I call the three-year brainwashing uh, you know, program that, that the king put him under so that he could enslave them, okay? So when it was over... This was the last verse. We kind of stopped here last week. The chief official brought all the young men to the king, and the king talked to each one of them, and none of them impressed him as much as Daniel and his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? So he's looking at all the boys, okay? And then he looks at Daniel, and he's like, whoa, you guys are sharp, okay? You guys, in every respect, those kids, man, like the kings thought, like you are the best of the best. Now look at the next the next phrase, it says, so they, Daniel and his friends, were appointed to the king's regular staff as advisors. Okay, whoa, okay, they're young, they're just kids. Verse 20, watch this, here's where, this is the theme verse for today, okay? In all matters requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. In all matters requiring wisdom and balanced judgment, the king found the advice of these uh, young men to be, how many times? Ten times better than that, than that of all the magicians and enchanters in his entire kingdom. So what's going on? Daniel, he's ripped away from his country and his family. He's 15 years old. Taken to a different nation, different culture, all of that. Put in a three-year program. He's 18 by now, okay? And the king of, of the most powerful empire on earth, okay? The most powerful man on the planet says, you're going to be my advisor. Now, imagine you're 18 years old and you got to give advice to the guy who himself believes he's a god. You know, like this, you know, this guy thought that he's it. There's nobody above him. Imagine that, okay? If this guy not, he's not looking, he's not putting them in those positions because these are spiritual guy, kids, right? Like the king is not making a spiritual decision here. If, if, in fact, if they were to make a, if, it was, if this was a spiritual decision, like he wouldn't have had Daniel as one of his advisors. But there's something that attracted Daniel, not, and I'm not talking about something spiritual. There was something that was so tangible about their minds 
He says, I want you to advise me in all matters as far as wisdom and balanced judgment. So here's what I want to talk to you about today. Long intro. I want to talk to you about how to excel in your career and not lose your faith. How do you excel at school? Some of you are in high school, you're going to college. Some of you are in middle school, you're going to high school. Some of you, you're in the middle of your career, or you're about to start a career, or you're in transition, you're going from one career into the next. How do you excel as a Christian? Because Christians, sometimes we give, we give ourselves a bad name. How do you excel so much that people who are not even believers are looking at you and saying, whoa, I want that guy, I want that girl on my team. How do you do that? Well, and not lose your faith, because that's, that's part of the, the, the key to all of this. In all of the tests, Daniel never lost his integrity. In fact, if you read the whole book, at the end, he's 85 years old, he's already retired, and the king, the, 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 the emperor basically says, hey, I want you, he takes him out of retirement, he says, we got a big issue in the kingdom, I need your help, gets him out of retirement, helps him out, and then he elevates him to a second position in the whole kingdom, and so how do you do that? That's, to me, that's, that's like, I want to learn more, like, I want to know what quality, like, what does it take to excel as a human being in a, in a secular, secular culture, okay? And, and I think this is, this is important because, in a way, there's a lot of things that we learn, learn in the world, right? Some are good, some are not so good. You know, there's a lot of different philosophies out there. Um, you know, some are good things that you learn, some things are... Sometimes they're not, they're a little bit phony, sometimes totally fake and unscientific. And so how do you balance that, okay? Uh, Like the world, you're going to learn all kinds of things. Some of them will be good. Some of them will be just flat out against what the Bible says. So like the world, like, you know, you'll pick up things about your identity. You know, the world will teach you things, like there are philosophers out there that will teach you things about sexuality, there, there will be things that you learn about the purpose of life. I mean, there's all kinds of the meaning of life, the, the money and the priorities of money. And so how do you, you know, Daniel found himself in this place where he's learning, right? He's receiving an education where the main goal was to create all these magicians to produce all of these fortune tellers. And then at the same time, he keeps his convictions, he keeps his integrity, and he exceeds. How do you do that? He gets promoted. How do you do that? Three things, real quick. Number one, we looked, I think that we looked a little bit of this a couple of weeks ago. Number one, and this is what I put on my notes, this I didn't advance to stand for God. So I applaud you for being here today. Applaud you for following us online if you're, if you're checking us in today, if you're following the message today. Why? Before the crisis comes, you have to, let me put it like this. The time to choose your loyalty is before the test happens. Do you get that? Let me say it again. The time to choose your loyalty is before everything goes down the drain, okay? Many of us wait until things go crazy, you know, things go bananas, and you're like, okay, Lord, I need you. No, that's the wrong time because you're not prepared. So you you need to be ready. And so before you go back to school, you've got to be ready, and you've got to make a decision, are you in, or is this something kind of like you know, you're doing it because your parents are doing it, you know? Before you go back to work, 
You've, you've got to make a decision. You know, where is your loyalty? Before, you, before they ridicule you, before the trials come, you've got to say, okay, I am, I am going to do this thing and I'm going to stand out. You know, you, you and I, we're not supposed to be like a chameleon. Have you ever seen a chameleon? Can, can we show that picture? I think we, we have it. Okay. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen a chameleon? What, what do they do? They just blend in. You know that as Christians, like we're not supposed to just blend in. Okay, I got another picture. Can you spot this one right here? Raise your hand if you can. It's a little bit harder, isn't it? Some of you guys, you're like, yep, yeah, I see it, you know. Um, we're not, let, look at this verse real quick. 2 Timothy 3.12. I'll show you, I'll show you where it is maybe later, okay. 2 Timothy, some of you are like, no, I gotta wait. Yeah, you gotta listen to the whole message. 2 Timothy 3.12 says this, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. This is what I call the type of promises from God that I don't like, okay? I like the promises that God gives me that, I, that, that make me feel good and, you know, like warm me up inside, you know? But these kinds of promises... I'm not really so sure that I want this to happen. But this is what God, this is God's word. He's saying, look, I guarantee you, if you want to live a godly life, this world is going to come after you. You know, everyone, it's not like some of you, no, 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 no. Like we, we're in a room where, you know, you're in your living room. It says everyone, not just partially. No, if you follow Christ, if you are in, if you pledge your allegiance to your God and you say, you know what? I am going to, like, I am all in. I'm, this is not about religion. This is not about showing up to church. This is about serving the, the the God of the universe, the, the person who I consider the savior of the world, I am in. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be ashamed. If you are in, if you are a godly, if you live a godly life, God says, get ready because you will face persecution. Not exactly the message that most of us would want to hear, but it is the truth of God. So in Daniel verse 8, look at it. It's not on the screen, but look, go back to verse 8 if you have your Bibles. We look, I think we looked at this last week. It may have been last week or the week before. It says Daniel made up his mind. This was, he had a resolve. He already decided in advance that he was not going to defile himself. And so how, you know, what, what is the starting point? The starting point, since we're talking about our minds, is you've got to protect it. You've got to decide. You have to set boundaries. Because this world, man, there's a lot of philosophies. Philosophy is just a way of thinking, right? Man, you get it at school. You will get it. And not just college. You will get it elementary school, high school, middle school. You will get it in your business. You'll get it. It's just the way of the world. There's a way of thinking. Not, it's not all bad. You know, I'm not asking you to kind of disappear and be a monk. No, we're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? But there is, you have to know that there is a way of thinking that you've got to protect and you've got to set some boundaries and you have to decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to some things, but there are some things that, man, I'm not going to have a conviction. So how do you excel? Well, you start with God. He's the foundation of truth. He is the foundation of truth. He's the source of knowledge and wisdom. Even, that, even saying that, truth you know, 
Even that word for a lot of people, oh, you know, your truth is not my truth. No, 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 no. Truth is truth. And when you look at the Bible, you know that God's truth does not change. And that's the beauty that we can go back 2,600 years ago and we can learn from this kid and then it's still applicable today because it is truth. It is the truth of God's word. Does that make sense? So decide in advance to stand for God. Number two, never stop learning. Something I'm I was talking to my dad about this a few, um, a few weeks ago, something my dad was teaching me and, and my, my sister and I. Leaders are learners. Leaders, you know, the moment you stop learning, you stop leading. So a growing business requires growing businesswomen or businessmen. A, a growing church requires a growing pastor. It requires growing church owners. It requires growing volunteers. Uh, does that, like, gr- a growing organization requires a growing leader. Once you stop learning, you start dying. So let's look at the verse one more time. It says this, in all matters, watch this, requiring wisdom and balanced judgment. Okay, that, a different word for that, uh, or a, it's the same word, but maybe a different translation is the word knowledge. In all matters requiring wisdom and knowledge, the king said these guys are 10 times better, 10 times better than all the people that I have around me, okay? And so you and I should have a lifelong thirst for learning. I don't think I've ever preached a message like that. When was the last time that you read a book? When was the last time that you said, you know what, I am going to do something for my mind, to develop my mind? It is a gift. Maybe you're like the sharpest person in the room, and you feel like you can get away with things because, man, you read, like my wife, man, I don't know if anybody's smarter. Like, I read something, and I'm reading it with her, and like, she can read it 10 times faster than I can, and sometimes it it frustrates me. You may be the smartest person in the room, but I I promise you, you will stop growing if you feel like, eh, you kind of like just, you know, you're, you're comfortable, you're just getting by. And so let me ask you, when was the last time that you said, you know what, I'm going to develop this thing that my, my heavenly father has given me. Um, now, it says wisdom, and it also says balanced judgment or knowledge. Um, what's the difference between the two? Because both of them are important. They're very different. They're not the same thing. Daniel was successful because he had both. He had knowledge. He also had wisdom. Okay, so what's the, Pastor Alex, what's the difference between the two? They're both essential. If you want to succeed in life, you better have both. You better have knowledge and you better have wisdom. So let me give you kind of a, a working definition. Knowledge is information you gain, right? You, you, you can, you know, it can, it can be from education. It can be from experience. It can be from other people. Knowledge is just information that, that, that you just gain. Wisdom, though... It's a little bit different. Wisdom is seen and responding from God's viewpoint. Wisdom is when you see a situation and you respond to that situation from God's perspective. So it's not just a matter of just knowing what's right, knowing what's wrong. It's, it's a little bit more than that. It's a lot, sometimes it takes a lot more in discernment. It requires a lot more of you. you can, when you look at your, your finances... From God's perspective, when you look at your relationship, from when you, when you view it and you respond to them from God's point of view, that's when you're being a wise person. And it could be your career, it could be your finances, it could be your relationships, I mean, you name it. You get knowledge from a book. 
or it could be other forms, right? Podcasts, I love, I'm not like, I like to read, but I go through, you know, ups and downs. There's times when I'm like, I'm reading, 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 and there's other times when I'm like, man, I can't, like I've just, you know, because of the, I'm always doing research for the message, you know, sometimes my mind, I'm like, oh, you know, but man, there's other ways to learn, podcasts, YouTube, I mean, there, there's all kinds of th- ways for you to learn, but you get, you get knowledge that way. You get wisdom from God. I've known some people that are probably some of the smartest people that I've ever met, and sometimes they can be some of the greatest fools. Just because you have a PhD next to your name, or you have this degree and that degree and that degree, that doesn't make you a wise person. I've, and I'm telling you, I've met people after, you know, like... Person after person, and I looked at them, and they're super sharp. Sometimes it blows me away how smart they are. But relationally, man, they've gone from one divorce to the next. Man, it's just been like one thing. You know, the finances, the business decisions they've made, and you're like, how could you? Well, they're very smart. They have a lot of knowledge, but they're not applying God's wisdom to their lives, and you need both. Let me do this. I really wanted to spend more time on this, but we, I'm just going to read the verses this would be a great, um, if you want homework, if you, if you want to really dig in a little bit more, here's what I encourage you. Sometime this week, go to Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, and spend, spend the whole month, you could spend the whole month looking at these verses, okay? I just want to read them, uh, and I really, I mean, I almost felt like I'm going to put a pause in the series and just going to focus on this, but then... I don't, feel, I don't think that's the, the right thing to do right now. But I want you to listen to the words, okay? It's not on the screen. Proverbs 2, verses 1 through 8. Listen to this. This is God speaking to you. It says, it's my son, my daughter. It says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, if you accept my words and you store up my commands within you, turn in your ear into wisdom, turn in your ear into wisdom, and apply in your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it for, as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, do you feel like, like, do you, do you see the heart behind God? Like, it's almost like God is saying, hey, listen, listen, I want you to get this. This is important. Listen, if you don't, if you, if you don't understand, this is like the key to your life. And he's saying, like, if you look for wisdom, if you, if you search it out, just the same way that we go after money. And he must, he must understand our heart when it comes to money, right? And so that's why he says, if you look for it as you look for silver, or if you search it as, as, for, as for, um, for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, and you'll find the knowledge of God. And the Lord will... The Lord who gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. And he's a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful, uh, faithful ones. It's almost like if, if God is saying, hey, let me give you the recipe to success. Go after it. This is, this is not something that just happens automatically. This is not, not something that, oh, you know, I just, pff, just became smart or became wise. This is something that you work for. This is something that you have a, a discipline in your life, that you are diligent about it. When you look at Daniel a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that, how he was disciplined. 
how he was, he was diligent. It wasn't that he all of a sudden was a smart guy. No, this had been three years and probably longer than that where he was faithful, where he was being intentional. And so I ask you that question again. So what is it? July, right? In a, in a couple of days, you have second half of a year. What new skill are you going to learn? Well, that's not very, very spiritual. Really? Well, when you, when you look at God's word, what you're going to find out is some of your decisions in life, some of those decisions that are, you think are not very spiritual, those are some of the most spiritual decisions that we can make. So here's my challenge. My challenge is you got six months, 2020. What's 2020 going to be in your life about? Is it going to be coronavirus or is it going to be the one thing, man, the whole world went upside down, but that was the year that I learned and then you fill in the blank. Don't waste your mind. Don't waste the abilities that God, the gift that God has given you. Now, in the same way, I ask, in what areas of your life do you need to practice wisdom? Okay, because maybe right now there's nothing more practical than looking at a situation the way that God looks at it and responding to that situation the way that God would respond to it. Okay, and that's important. That's just as important. You need both. Daniel had both. So how do you excel? You decide in advance. Before the trial comes, before the test comes, you, you say, you know what? And I applaud you because you're here for that. I think for that, you know. Um, number two, never stop learning. I don't care if you're 80 years old. You keep going. You keep learning. You keep sharpening that, those tools that God's given you. And last, and this is a big deal, you choose believers that are as best friends. You choose believers. Now, this may sound like an oxymoron for me to say. You choose believers as best friends. Why was Daniel able to make it through those three years? I believe that it was because he was not doing it alone. I think he had a core group of people that kept him accountable, that encouraged him, that helped him. And so, now... I'm not saying that you shouldn't have any friends that are not Jesus followers. No, I believe that you should have friends that are not, you know, Christians. Why? Well, because you need to love everybody. You need to show kindness to everybody. And sometimes for Christians, it's the opposite. We get ourselves into this little bubble and we don't know, any, you know, we don't know anybody that's not a Christian. So the, both of them are important. I mean, if you're going to share the gospel with someone, you've got to know some people that are not Jesus followers, Okay. But I, I want to make sure that I'm clear, your best friends should be strong Christians. Your best friends should, and I'm not, all, I'm not even talking about just any Christian. I'm talking about people who are strong Jesus followers. It's the principle of the chair. You, you've seen me do the principle of the chair where I got up on a chair, and then I had a kid, you know, pull me down. I was trying to pull them up, and then I almost fell. And, you know, you've seen that, right? It's always easier to pull someone down than to pull someone up. And so in life, there, there are situations that are going to happen where, like, you're going to need a friend. You're going to need someone to, to keep you accountable. You're going to need someone to love on you. You're going to need someone to, to make that call because you're down and you're struggling and you don't know what's going on. And so Daniel, I believe with all of my heart that Daniel is able to make it through those three years because he's got a friend who, or three friends that are going to help him. The Bible is full of it. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 
Uh, Psalm 1-1, I think it's on the, on the screen. Uh, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners um, uh, take or sit in the company of mockers. I mean, you can see the, this, there's a legitimate devolution of levels of hanging out. First, it says you walk. It's innocent, you know. Maybe you... It's, maybe it's the same workspace. Maybe you're working on the same project. Maybe you're with someone who's not really godly. They're not, you know, and you don't really have much of an option. You've got to walk with them. It's innocent. But then it says, you, then you stand with them. Okay, now it's a little bit more intentional. Now you're listening to them. Now you're hanging out. You don't have to, but you, you, whether intentionally or not, you're, you're hanging out with them. You're listening to what they're saying, and you're hanging around like all the gossip, God says, don't do either. Don't walk with that group. Don't stand with that group. And then he says, don't even sit with them. When you sit with them, now you're fully participating. And now you're being a part of, you know, you're sitting around with the cynics and with those people who are denying God and who are not practicing God's word. And God says, you've got to be a little bit more intentional. Let me ask you something. How, how do you select your friends? I know, I know how a lot of people select friends. We go to that party, we go to that work event, we go to that thing, and you know, one thing leads to another, and then we just become friends, right? It is like the most unintentional thing that we do in life. The way we find friends, if you think about it, like we don't ever, and it should be the most strategic thing that we do. The way we find friends is by just like, just whatever happens, you know, like just random, you know, we sort of leave it up to chance. And God says, don't, don't do that, don't do that. You've got to be strategic about this. You know, this is too important for you. Uh, you've, uh, there is a statement that Andy Stanley makes. It says, the books you read, the friends you have, determine the quality and the direction of your life. Man, I heard that, and I've never forgotten it. I think there's so much. The books you read, the friends you have, they'll either make your life better, and they'll, they'll help you go in the right direction, or things will, will just go in the wrong direction. I mean, the Bible, I mean, it's, it's all over. Proverbs 14, 7, stay away from fools, or you won't learn a thing. Stay away from, you think that God, I mean, like God, doesn't God love everybody? Doesn't he want you to be with everybody? Doesn't he want you to love everybody? No, 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 no. God says there are some people that for your good, you need to stay away from. So we're going to stop there. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Our worship team is going to get here on stage. I just want to ask you a question. Do you have a desire to excel in your career, at school, um, that whatever, whatever God has put, do you have a desire to, like, man, you want to do good in life? Our culture, it's not an excuse for us to say, you know what, this, is, this, this company, you know, just a, just, this is just the way they are. I don't think we can change it. You know, they've been like this for 20 years. I believe that God is calling you to do more. So how do you do it? How do you excel when, you, when we, all of us, live in a culture that's not... What, it, what we all wish it was. Here's what I encourage you to do. Decide today that you're going you're gonna to stand for God. Don't do it. Don't wait until the test comes. 
Don't wait until the trial comes your way because it's going to be a lot harder. You want to make sure that you have those friends lined up. If, if you were to leave today and you get into your car and the unthinkable happens, and I'm not trying to scare you. You know, I'm not, I don't teach like that. But you get in your car and you hear that somebody that you love dies or you hear that you lose your job or you hear that you have cancer or the unthinkable happens. You, we're talking about unshakable. Let's say you get in the car and that thing that you're most afraid of happens. Are you ready? Who are the first five people that you could call right away and say, look, this happened. I need you. If you don't have that lined up, for your good, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to be hard. The church will be there. I will show up. I give you my word. But I am not enough. I'm only one. You know? And when you, when you add up everybody that the church has, I cannot be everybody's best friend. But I can challenge you to today be intentional about the relationships that you're going to have. We promote life groups at this church. There's a method to our madness. If you're in a life group, if your life group is not going well, if, if things, I get it, life gets in the way, you, just like you are showing up today in the same way, you have to show up with your life group. And I know I'm stepping on some toes, but I care about you. I love you. And I don't want you to go down a path run into a trial and a test and you feel like you're alone because the enemy comes after you first thing you do is you stop going to church sometimes it becomes hard to pray and then three months down the road because you've only been coming to church in a big group big gathering nobody notices you can come in and out very easily you know and so there's a purpose to this the Bible when you study scripture it says they worship in the temple courts. That's kind of what we do here today. But then they met from house to house and they broke bread and they prayed. And so if you haven't led your, if you haven't shown up or your life group is not meeting or if you don't have a friend or if you don't have a group of people that will keep you accountable and will love on you, make it an intentional thing today. Maybe you're here and you're just coasting. You're done with school. You're just in the middle of your career and you're comfortable. I would challenge you. Don't stop learning. Do not stop learning. Protect your mind. Develop your mind. Do something that's going to spark some interest. Learn something. Read a book. Find a mentor. Don't stop learning. There's more room to growth. You have not reached the ultimate level none of us get there so I challenge you to focus on growth now you can look at this message in two different ways one you can look at it and say you know what I already know everything that Pastor Alex just talked about no new information yep that's one way some of us will do that my hope is that you look at the message today and you will say you know what it's not just knowledge that I need to gain. It's also wisdom. 
And so, Lord, help me with the knowledge that I've received this morning apply wisdom to my life. Father God, thank you so much for the power of your word. God, it's not just a history book, even though there's a lot of history in it. It's not just a science book, even though there's a lot of science. God, is your living and active word. And so I believe that it speaks to us. And so, God, I believe that it's more real than anything that, that we experience in this life. And God, I'm just reminded of like this week when, when I was down and I was discouraged and I was just going through just a bad situation and I read your word in my devotional and it was your word to me. It was your love letter to me, to my heart. And God, I was just blown away how all of the anxiety went away and how all of the worries just were, were lifted simply by just focusing on your word and being intentional. And so I thank you for that. And thank you for the knowledge and the instruction that we receive from it. But God, may we seek you for wisdom and understanding as well. And so God, we love you and we thank you we praise your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all worship this morning.